Chapter 68 of No Quarter. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. No Quarter by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter 68 A Fight in a Flood. Still but halfway across the inundated tract and up to their saddle girths and water, Rupert and his escort were floundering on as already said they marched by twos this necessitated by the narrowness of the causeway and so were lengthened in line two hundred horses in file formation take up a long stretch of road however close the order they had not yet sighted the enemy behind nor had any intimation that one was there for the snapping up of the guard had been done with little noise the few shouts uttered being inaudible to them amid the continuous splashing and plunging of their own horses it was only after the pursuing party was well out into the flood clear of the tree-shadowed shore that some of the hindmost chancing to look back saw what they took to be their rear guard in the water riding after them saw it with surprise as the signal for its advance had not been given no note of bugle sounded neither could it be in retreat driven in there had been no firing not a shot and by the prince's orders there should have been a prolonged fusillade guard of his rear or van retiring from its post without execution of his commands had better have stayed and delivered itself up to the enemy well knowing this they who first sighted the pursuers thinking them of their own were enough astonished to give way to ejaculations which ran along the line quickly as lightning what is it demanded he at the head on hearing them the rear guard your highness answered one away at the back they're coming on after us halt shouted the prince in a voice of thunder half wheeling his horse spurring out to the utmost edge of firm footing and with crane neck looking back landward for a time to see nothing much beyond the tail end of his escort only the gray glimmer of water with here and there the top of a pollard willow for the capricious clouds had once more muffled the moon but he heard something the sound of the waiting horses that made by his own now ceased from their being at a stand and soon he saw the moving ones the clouds by like capris having drawn off their screen letting full moonlight down upon the water soon saw them with alarm for a dark mass was that in motion too dark and too large for the score or so of files that had been detached as a guard got colonel he exclaimed there are more men there than we left with trevor and why should he be coming on contrary to orders it cannot be he very strange if it be prince rejoined lunsford the colonel spoken to and stranger still if not could a party have slipped past without the guard seeing them hardly possible your highness unless by some swimming and a long roundabout way these seem to come direct from it the two talked hurriedly and with dismay upon their faces for the dark mysterious things still drawing nigher and nearer seemed some unearthly monster a hydra approaching to destroy them there was no time for further conjecturing friend or enemy it must be met face to face and rupert commanding the about put spur to his horse and started toward the rear of the line time elapsed ere he could reach it the deep water with the men wheeling in file impeded him and before he was halfway rearward there were shots shouts and the clashing of steel all the sounds of a conflict 
the monster had closed up and declared its character as could be told by the hostile war words king and parliament fiercely commingling never shone moon on a stranger affair in the way of fight two long strings of horsemen confronting one another on a narrow causeway where less than half a score of each could come to blows no engaging in line no turning or flank attack possible and all up to the saddle flaps and water up to the horse's hips where the fighting was hand to hand nor for long did it last little more than a minute after coming to close quarters the royalists found themselves overmatched began to give way file after file went down before their impetuous assailants sabred or shot out of their saddles till at length they doubled back on their line in retreat towards its former front some in panic forsook the causeway altogether plunging into the flood on either side in the hope to escape by swimming afar off sword in hand with curses on his lips rupert met the rout bursting his way through the broken ranks slashing right and left in an endeavour to stem the retreat more than one of his own men fell before his desperate fury but on reaching the rear he had to cross blades with a man who was his master at sword-play and all the skill appertaining which he knew soon as coming to the engage and in his antagonist recognizing sir richard walwyn it was quick work between them at the very first lunge from guard the prince's sword getting whipped out of his hand and sent whirling off into the water the old trick by which sir richard had disarmed the ex-gentleman usher with a fierce oath rupert drew a pistol from his holster and was about to fire at his adroit adversary when another face presented itself before him that of a man he had better reason to shoot down dog traitor turncoat he shouted in tone of vengeful anger tis to you we owe this i give you death in payment and the shot sped tumbling reginald trevor out of the saddle but there was still a trevor on horseback to confront the prince with sword already flushed and blade dripping blood the touch of his spur brought him face to face with rupert and alone for just as the latter sir richard had caught sight of another man he more wished to have dealings with lunsford and dashed straight towards him but not to attain close quarters in the cowardly ex-lieutenant of the tower there was neither fight nor stand the sight of colonel walwyn was of itself enough to palsy his hands alone the bridal one obeying him and with it wrenching his horse round he made ignominious retreat no more did the other pair get engaged rupert had but his second pistol which being discharged at eustace trevor fortunately without effect left him weaponless and seeing all his escort in retreat he turned tail too soon disappearing amid the ruck the rout now complete with the scarlet coats it was suave que peut with the green ones only a question of cutting down the panic-stricken fugitives or making prisoner those who cried quarter and most cried that shouted it to the utmost strength of their lungs on went the victorious foresters along the flooded way alternately sabring and capturing the big sergeant and hubert doing their full share of both on till they came to a party of captives they had not taken nor guarded these their late guards having been too glad to get away leaving them to themselves sabrina richard vaga eustace four names pronounced in joyous exclamation amid the din and by four distinct voices all with the epithet dear conjoined 
not another word then not another moment there for the pursuit must be continued the capture of prince rupert would be a thing of consequence independent of all private feelings and sir richard longed to settle scores with lunsford so on went he and his in chase of the now scattered escort but not again to come up with a pair of profligates the stoppage short as it was had given them time to make framelode ferry where leaping from the horses and into a light boat they were out of sword's reach and range of bullet before the pursuers could close upon them still with an earshot of angry speech however hurled after them by the triumphant foresters with many a taunt many the vile epithet bestowed a degradation deserved and other men than they would have felt its sting and shame but not this scion of royalty toast type and model of cavalierism happy at having escaped with a whole skin he but laughed back rejoicing in the life still left him for future crimes to be committed and many the one was he afterwards guilty of though short from that time was his rule in the city of bristol once again and soon was it infiladed by an armed force not for siege or leaguer but instant assault for the man who commanded was he who later on gave laws to all england gave her the only glimpse of real liberty she has ever enjoyed the only gleam of true glory when cromwell stood before bristol's gates and said surrender it was in no tone of doubting requisition but stern demand the son of elector palatinate hearing it hastened to comply but too glad to get terms for his life which he got with his liberty and more far too much being conceited by his generous conqueror permitted to march out bag and baggage with a long retinue of bullies sycophants and strumpets leaving behind a longer list of victims among them the ill-starred clarice lalande as he passed away from the place he made a place of baudry it was amid jeers and bitter curses a scene pleasanter to describe one more congenial to honest pen occurred shortly after in the sister city of gloucester within its ancient cathedral at whose altar simultaneously stood four couples in the act of being made man and wife what it they were and their names entered into the big book of marriage registry from which the writer does not deem it necessary to copy them verbatim enough to give them as already known to the reader the brides being sabrina and vaca powell winifred and gwynthian their respective bridegrooms colonel sir richard walwyn captain eustace trevor sergeant wilde and trumpeter hubert while being made happy amid the many joyous faces around one alone wore a cast of sadness yet with resignation that of reginald trevor still living for the shot which struck him out of his saddle on the flooded causeway of framelode had but wounded him and he was well again in body not spirit for within his heart was a wound that might never be well he had suffered bitterly was still suffering but with soul now purified and subdued was better able to bear it and bore it manfully generously too for just as when meeting his cousin outside hollymead gate he had offered him his sword to avenge defeat now honoured he him by his presence at a ceremony which was as the sacrifice of himself still another incident calls for record of date some six years later and some months preceding that event which again brought england's liberty to its lowest ebb her glory to greatest shame 
the so-called restoration before this curse of curses came ambrose powell predicting it foreseeing evil to him and his gathered up his household gods and took ship with them to the colonies across the atlantic accompanied by all the personages who had appeared at that marriage ceremony in the cathedral of gloucester and by many more cadger jack among them reginald trevor too was of the colonizing band long becoming accustomed to bearing the broken heart which brokenly lives on with but little pain growing ever less for he could now look upon vaga powell as his cousin's wife to himself as a kind of sister almost without thought of the unhappy past well it was for all of them they went away to become part of that people the freest most powerful and most prosperous on earth had they stayed it would have been to suffer persecution the fate of all when they fought for england's freedom save the false ones and cravens who cried quarter on their knees basely begged it from that loathsome monster of iniquity the merry monarch and rupert prince of cavaliers what became of him he too returned with the restoration another of its curses fresh from a long career of piracy in the west indian seas to be made lord high admiral of england with no end of other honours and emoluments heaped upon him to live for years after a life of luxurious ease die in the purple and be buried with all pomp and ceremony for though a pirate he was still a prince of the blood royal the end end of chapter sixty eight end of no quarter by thomas main reed